Welcome to the Wildly Tarot Podcast. Happy Lunar New Year, Esther. Say hey, welcome to say Happy Lunar New Year. <laughs> Thank you. On the actual Lunar New Year Day, we have scheduled this accidentally to be on actual Lunar New Year Day. For recording. We'll For see recording. when it gets released. When it gets released, it'll be <laughs> it'll be a couple days after. It'll be fine. Can you believe that the last time we recorded, I was baking croissants, and now I will never touch croissant again <laughs> in my life. I'm just wondering how many people now are baking with us. Like... <laughs> Bake along episodes. How popular oh is that? Anyone who do... got talked into doing croissants because I was making croissants, I apologize. <laughs> Baking croissants sucks ass. It is no, not worth no. it. <laughs> what you do, what you do is just go get the Pillsbury croissants or cro- croissant wrap <laughs> thingies. Crescents. There we go. Same I almost difference. think that a puff pastry dough would actually work. I mean, it was fine. It was just so much work and yeah. it tasted like fine. This if you normal. have a good bakery near you, do that mm-hmm. instead. Yeah. Let yeah. the pros handle it. Exactly. It's <laughs> worth it to let them handle it. <laughs> so what are you doing for the Lunar New Year, Esther? Besides uh, not having to work for a little bit. <laughs> so, uh, well, for the, yeah, I have been like literally like cleansing my house. I threw away all the Tupperware. Nice. Lids and bottoms because as a fire sign, I did not want to deal with trying to match anything <laughs> that would not match anymore. So I was like, you know what? It's cheap enough for me to buy whole new sets. And so that's what I did. So I, I just recycled yeah. the Tupperware and got new, some new sets. And tomorrow we're going to go visit my in-laws because I think today they did like main family stuff like with my mother-in-law's parents and other family members and then tomorrow we're gonna eat lunch with them and just kind of basically just have a chill time so i love so, yeah. it nothing super special this year just because cases it's are on the rise pandemic. here yeah exactly but just anything you kind can of do enough. to not participate in the like mass amounts of travel happening exactly exactly for new year the better <laughs> exactly yeah yeah I, I i i at first i thought we were going to be, have it like canceled totally and i was fine with that and then i was like oh we have to go for lunch Okay, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. So it's not because I don't like my in-laws. It's because of the COVID thing. Like, I don't want to impact anybody. I know that you're not anybody. exaggerating about that, but you're right to clarify because I right. do feel like it's... I would. I, I feel like it just needs clarification. It has nothing to do with my in-laws, my father-in-law. Yeah. You know, has been helping with some electrical issues we've been having this week or whatever. Oh, yeah. Esther's house is falling apart around her head again, people. <laughs> again. <laughs> Anyone who's listening to this really needs to help with the intentions for finding her a safer place to live. Yes. In the Patreon episode we just recorded, we talked extensively about what she would do in a fire, which does not seem like that unrealistic of a thing no. to have to plan for in this fucking no. place. No, I mean, no. so far it's been almost all moisture damage, not fire yes. damage. But if somebody told me that your landlord just like like allowed something to catch fire and then like didn't think it was their job to try to mm-hmm. fix it it would not surprise I mean we me. don't we don't have any like I'd, I've seen apartment buildings that they'll have like fire extinguishers in the hallways and things like that don't have any fire extinguishers in any hallways here <laughs> you know you I, I want to get that snake <laughs> pillowcase ready just in, just in I, case. My mind already has the steps right where everything is exactly so I can just like automatically go into mom <laughs> mode grabbing shit and running out so yeah, so, yeah. But, oh man. But yeah, it has nothing to do with my in-laws. They're wonderful no. people. It's just everything to do with COVID and wanting to keep everyone safe. So Right. Exactly. And there's yeah. so much travel and family stuff that happens at the Lunar New Year. Yeah. As we've discussed on the podcast before that yep. it's better to just try to keep it keep it small. Exactly, exactly. So But nevertheless. Yeah, very low key. Exactly. low key lunar new year for us i still like it maybe yeah. i just like all low-key holidays forever i know <laughs> it sounds so nice like yeah just, just, like... just call me <laughs> yeah just call me well, let's facetime actually that was probably one of my favorite thanksgivings i've had in a really long time was thanksgiving of 2020 oh yeah when everyone was still like not totally burnt out from zoom oh yeah, 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 yeah. uh-huh so we had like a zoom call with my mom's side of the family and then we had a zoom call that lasted for literally hours Mm -hmm. with my cousins on my dad's side of the family and we're like we don't talk on holidays where we don't see each other yeah we're not that kind of family where we're always facetiming with our cousins Mm -hmm. and it was so much fucking fun i loved it i was like this was great and then subsequently everyone got really sick of zooming and it stopped happening but that first thanksgiving of the pandemic (laughs) it was still like a newfangled thing and everyone's like "Ooh, let's do these zoom backgrounds we all all were into it now not so much Anyway, uh, today's going to be kind of a weird episode because we were going to review the Moon Baby Tarot, which both of us love and was in yes. Esther's most recent tarot box 
from my house. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's not available for sale anywhere. So we're just only going to do questions. Yeah. Yeah. It just happened. The timing wasn't that great in my electrical issues. Who knows? The fires off to run from during this episode. So we're just going to skip it entirely. Speak that into existence. No. (laughs) It's also because past Holly was not looking out for present Holly (laughs) and didn't prepare for this episode in a timely manner. And so by the time I realized the deck wasn't available, I was like, we can't. It's fine. Come up with a new one. So we're not. Questions, questions, questions. It's fine. Questions only. But that does mean we'll change the order. We'll do card of the day. Then we'll do our Patreon shout outs. And then we'll do questions. Both of them are actually from the same person. Yay. She asked two sort of semi-complicated questions. So I split them up instead of trying to cram them both into one. That makes total sense. Yes, I love it. Okay. But Esther, it's your turn to pick a card of the day. Card of the day. I'm going to use Jamie Sawyer Sawyer's Path Tarot. Because I've been super into it lately. Three, four, five, six, seven. Oh my goodness. The card of the day is the Ten of Swords, Holly. (laughs) (laughs) Holly. And I just pulled the Hermit at the same time. So I think I might call out sick today. You you just just do that. It's okay. It's okay. The cards are already kind of just saying, just take a rest. Take, Take that rest. I'm having a really hard time remembering to like continue to breathe deep breaths. So the, those swords are really pointy right now. So uh, yeah, it's time to get back into bed. It is. It is. <laughs> Probably in that bed. <laughs> oh my goodness. Esther. Yeah. Esther already had to listen to me cry for like 35 minutes earlier today. So we're all doing our goddamn we're, best. We're doing our best today. So <laughs> as, as per usual, we're doing our best. I know. Sometimes are easier than others. Every single time I say, this has been a really hard couple of weeks. I'm sure it'll get better from here. Then suddenly the new depths of how hard a week can be get exposed. And then it's like, why? What? How? Why do we, I need why to do we never say ourselves? last week was hard ever again. And it's going to get better. Like, I think that's what it happens. We don't, we don't think like, oh, it's going to get worse from here. It's going to be like, yeah. oh, it's going to get better. I know it is. And then our expectations are decimated. It's like that tweet or meme or whatever, where it's like, is adulthood just saying after we get through this next week, everything looks is everything is really looking up forever. It's like, yes, that's exactly what it is. And mom, if you're listening to this, it's not personal stuff that is making this week hard. I am fine. It is work stuff that I should be able to just compartmentalize and not worry about. (laughs) Should is the the main uh, word in that sentence. Yeah, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. We're trying. (laughs) Yeah, but I do get to see my mom this weekend. So last time I like had my, I posted something on Instagram about being like very, very depressed. Uh huh. And my mom was like, why didn't you call me? And I was like, cause I didn't realize how depressed I was. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Until I wasn't anymore. Yeah. This is not a cry for help. (laughs) (laughs) Not until this weekend. And then she'll cry for help a lot. So. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Exactly. Actually our plan for this weekend is going to be really fun because my aunt and my mom's sister it just moved and she and my mom both do this thing where they get into these moods where they're like, all of the stuff I've been holding on to needs to be gone. Like every single spare Uh set of dishes and sheets need to be removed from my house immediately. My mom does it too. And I'm like, well, you buy way nicer sheets than I do. All of my stuff is from target. I will happily look at any of the sheets you might want to get rid of. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So it'll be a fun weekend. I'm going to go to Newport beach with my mom and my aunt. We're going to look through all of her stuff and have some like sun. And maybe I'll even stick my feet in ocean, which always makes me feel better too. Yes. Oh, I love that. Anyway, so Ten of Swords, I do not accept your energy. I will be (laughs) hermiting instead. (laughs) I reject your reality and substitute my own. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's okay, right? That's how this works? That's how how millennials work now. for the first question from the episodes or the only questions well same person different questions is from <laughs> carla and she says with the new year i'm feeling cautiously optimistic about the future okay carla <laughs> 
We don't say that in like a settle down, Carla. We say that in like, a, I'm so happy for I'm you. I'm so happy for you. <laughs> but we are obviously coming to this conversation are not in that same place. Okay. <laughs> we love you so much. Okay. There are still challenges, of course, as my partner is still stuck on another continent, but he'll be moving to a part of Asia we can hopefully visit soon. It'll be the first time he'll get to meet our daughter in person, and I'm so excited to see him again as well. I'm hoping the deck can tell me if there's anything I should be focused on to make sure things go as we hope this year. The past few years have been stressful struggle for both of us, but I'm really trying to hold on to hope. Okay. Exciting. Yes. And Carla had previously, Carly was one of the people who took us up on re-emailing because oh, the good, previous good. question had had a time constraint okay. that we had missed. And so again, that's always an option. People, if you indicated on your question initially that you had like a two week time period or a month long time period, and then we weren't able to get to it, just send it in again because yeah. I don't ever want to answer something that is no longer relevant. Exactly. Um, but we're, so it doesn't bug me at all to get a repeat of a question. So that's, right, right, right. this is right. an example of that. Cool, all right. Cool, so cool. how should we address making sure that travel and things go smoothly? So I guess the additional context from the first time she asked this question is that I'm, I believe that Carla and her partner have a child and then they had a second child while okay. the pandemic was happening, like got pregnant before the pandemic started. And then he, they're on different continents. Now right, right, right. And have been since the baby, since the baby was born. So there's like a lot of, you know, difficulty yeah. with trying to be basically a single parent mm-hmm. with your partner on a different continent. Okay. Okay. So we want to make sure that everything goes well. Yeah. So, so yeah, what to kind start of, this? So kind of like what to focus on to make sure things go smoothly. Yeah, and then maybe a what to be a, what to be aware of. Aware of, also. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I like it. So let's start with what to focus on. And I'm using Hilda tiles. Oh, our girl Hilda. I almost pulled them out, but I'm too lazy to lean over. So, <laughs> well, you never know when you're going to have to leap up in a fire. This is true. Any All moment. Right. <laughs> My father-in-law was like, he was like, oh, yeah, the electricity's fixed, but just pay attention to it. And I was like, that really <laughs> reassures me. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, perfect. And he said it a few <laughs> times. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, okay. So. <laughs> Why? Why is this like this? <laughs> okay, sorry. Focus, focus, focus. Okay. What should Carla focus on to make things so smoothie? Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> what did you okay. get? I got the eight of swords and okay. the five of wands. And I got the two of wands and the four of cups. Ooh, okay. Eight of swords. I'm writing it down because uh, yeah. I have my brain is not functioning the way it should be. Uh, fine. Knight of wands, you said? No, five of wands. Five. Oh, yikes. Okay. Eight of swords. I think that it's just like especially with the two of wands, your mm-hmm. brain is saying like, look at this exciting thing, but there's still a lot of hurdles that you're going to have to come up to before. Right. It, like, there's still some stuff. Yeah, exactly. Holding you back. You can't quite move on yet because that stuff isn't resolved. It's kind right. of what I'm getting from at least my eight of wands, five of, I mean, eight of swords, five of wands combo. Right, right, right. There's still some like conflict that you'll be facing and some disappointment with, regards Mm -hmm. to that conflict um so allowing yourself to like look forward is good but just like don't get discouraged if Mm -hmm. there are things that make you feel like you can't move forward as quickly as you'd like to yeah if there's conflict that happens that prevents you from moving forward the way that you want to like that eight of swords is so stagnant Mm -hmm. and so then having that conflict of the five of ones and the disappointment of the four of cups is like Figuring out a way to acknowledge those things, but still be able to keep your eye ultimately on the prize. And also note that it's the two of wands, not the three of wands. Mm -hmm. So it is sort of like very broad strokes of planning rather than like specifically experiencing things right now. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's in these like to me, it's like in the pre the pre stages of moving on and not the actual moving moving on. Yeah, totally. Yeah, absolutely. And there's still room for feeling frustrated and a little disappointed, but you can still keep your eye on the ultimate, like when this can plan can actually start. 
Right. So then maybe we should pull cards to see some more. It's almost like additional clarification about what that five of wands and eight of, or five of wands and four of cups could be, could be the thing right. to look out for. Yeah. Like yeah. a specific area to look out for. That's a, a rubbing point for that kind of like anxiety mm-hmm. and frustration. Sorry, when you pull the world as one of your cards, you're like, yeah, exactly. Like, great, awesome. Yeah, yeah. So, what do you end up pulling? Just the world or one? No, the world and the Knight of Pentacles, which I think the Knight of Pentacles makes a lot of sense because of that sort of like, like plotting, consistent desire Mm -hmm. to move forward, and especially if it has something to do with like financial situations or sort of the state of the way that things are that are sort of like not really in your control and the world. It makes sense to me that that would be a sticking point. Right. And I did you get, I just pulled the page of swords. So to me, this is like the well-being of your children with being a page. I think I'm, I'm reading this as very practical, like person oriented, especially. So to me, it's like the, the well-being of the little ones that are coming with you is kind yeah. of trying to do what's best for them in the long run with the world the way it is. And so. What was this? Did you just pull that? What was this? I, did, I, I just pulled one. Yeah. Oh. The Knight of How Swords. I mean, not Knight. You. Page of Swords. Page of Swords. Page of Swords. Yeah. King of Pentacles and the world. I feel like the King of Pentacles is probably the stand in for Carla. Just like mm-hmm. wanting to. Or sorry, not King. Knight of Pentacles wanting to put one foot in front of the other and like get things accomplished. Like mm-hmm. knights are so action oriented, but the Knight of Pentacles is the one who's like the most concerned with making sure that things will go well. Yeah. yeah. And with the state of the world and concerns about the safety of a child mm-hmm. or children, I can't remember now. Um, it would make sense that that would kind of be a sticking point. So if there's frustrations that revolve around them specifically, just not letting that Knight of Pentacles turn into too much of like a, Dragging your feet sort of thing. Uh, yeah, dragging situation. Yeah. 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 A little hitch in your giddy up. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. You are from the South. Although that's probably more of a Texas thing than a I Tennessee think that's thing. a little bit more Texas, yeah. But Texas is <laughs> but Tennessee is Texas's like cousin technically. Like we sent troops to Texas. Because they start yeah. with T's. Yeah, no, because we sent <laughs> troops to Texas for like the war, I think. And so they've always fought, thought fondly of Tennessee. Oh, oh my God, Esther. I just totally misheard you completely. Oh, okay. I thought you said we spent trips in Texas. Oh. <laughs> in the no. war. And I was like, in the what are you talking about? What war? I mean, I know that the United States yeah, yeah, has been yeah, in yeah. a war for the last 20 years, but I'm pretty right, sure right. it hasn't been in Texas. <laughs> not that you know of. I guess not. California really is isolated, huh? Operatives. That's what we were. <laughs> a secret war. Uh, that makes more sense though. Maybe yeah. the Mexican American war or whatever the one in the, maybe it was, I was almost about to say Paul Revere, but that is not the war in Texas. <laughs> what I saw some TikTok the other day, it was something, something where it was like comparing, uh, UK healthcare to American healthcare. And it was like, uh-huh. God damn it. If Paul Revere had just been less good at warning us, the British <laughs> were coming, we'd really be in a different situation than we are now. Oh my god! I love this idea that, like, man, if only Paul Revere hadn't warned the the revolutionaries. <laughs> if only Canada wasn't above this sort certain line, people in the U.S. could have Canadian health care. Man, oh, that's so funny! You can only laugh so you don't cry. Cry. <laughs> All right. Good luck, Carla, with that. That's going to be a lot of like administrative plot. Like it's just going to be one foot in front of the other and keeping Mm -hmm. your eye on like the general idea of how great this can be. Don't let stuff stand in your way. Exactly. Exactly. And there's like there's nothing here that's like a like a block, like a mountain sort of block. Right. Totally. It's just all these like little fine details are frustrating. That's one of the reasons why I always love the five of wands, too, is that it's not like I mean, it is conflict, but it's not like conflict conflict yeah it's, it's not, not like, like the tower right yeah it's not something that you won't be able to deal with it's just like frustrating yeah conflict. it's annoying little stupid stuff yeah <laughs> and that of course makes you feel some four of cups energy because you're like but it's frustrating when things get frustrating <laughs> yeah exactly. exactly all right so carla's second question 
is about work. So Carla says, my other question is more about if I'm putting my energy into the right goal for me work-wise. I'm starting a new job as kind of a home health aide for a close friend dealing with some serious health issues. I'm treating this as sort of a transition position, but in my heart, I'm hoping to find success in a more creative field. I'd like to ask the cards what I can do to make that a reality. Any insight you and the cards give would be greatly appreciated. So I think that one of the uh, reasons that I wanted to separate this question from the first one is that I think that it kind of needs to be broken down further, almost like yeah. a what to what to get out of this current job, like what okay. you should be getting from it. Mm -hmm. um, okay. And then how to start the transition into the new thing. Okay. Almost like to give sort of like a progression of like what you should be learning from the first, from this current mm -hmm. job so that you can benefit the transition you make to move out of this role. Okay. okay. So like the, the hopefulness that you can get out of the job or like yeah. the skills that you can get out of the job or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Do we want to take do... home from this job? Oh my gosh. All the cards yeah, flew everywhere. Go. So, uh, that's a, uh, you get a whole entire deck as your lesson. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> the takeaway from this job. The takeaway from this job. All right. I got the Queen of Cups. Okay. I got the Page of Swords and the Ace of Swords. Oh, Ace. wow. Is Ace of Swords is that with the... Yeah, it's Ace. Okay. I was like, is that what that's called now? Ace? Not the One of Swords? <laughs> Page of Swords. Oh, my God. It's been too long since we pulled cards, apparently. Apparently uh, a sword, an Ace. And I got up. the Queen of Cups, and then I just pulled the Chariot, too. Okay. Okay. Cups and Chariot. Um, okay. So that's a lot of swords. So I think mm -hmm. that this is going to really be teaching you a lot about how you view things and view the world. Yeah. Um, and having the page and the ace is feels like it might be a little bit challenging because those are both like beginning stages. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. so that's where like the teaching component comes into me. It's going to give you a lot of clarity, a lot of like things to think about, about how you want to move forward. And I think paired with the queen of cups, that's really beautiful because the queen of cups reminds you of how like emotionally right. giving and capable and developed you are. So even if this is making you think about things in a new way or have to like critically reason through things in ways you mm -hmm. haven't had to before, it's going to remind you of how strong you are and how much you can move forward because right. of that strength. So the chariot being paired with the queen of cups feels really strong when you're sort mm -hmm. of being asked to think about things in a new way. It's saying like, Kind of like a, you got this and you'll yeah. be able to move on knowing yourself better. Right. And feeling stronger and more capable. Right. And with that, for me, with that page coming in, it's that creative energy, but like that intellectual curiosity about something. So uh -huh. like to me, that's just sort of like you're embarking like on that sort of creative niche within this journey, but it's not going to be fulfilled here. If that makes right. any sense. Like, you know, but it's going getting... to teach you a lot of how you can what right. you want and what you want like, and what you don't want. Yeah. We've talked about this so many times, but it's really one of the things I talk about with my students a lot, which is it's really easy to, from like the media and, you know, gen X and boomers experiences of like knowing exactly what you want to do and how to do it right from the jump. But that's not really that realistic. And all you can do is try things out and figure out what you like about that thing and what you don't like about that thing and then adapt accordingly. And so if this gives you a lot of things to think about, a lot of things that you need to like reason through and figure mm -hmm. out, but you have that queen of cups strength of knowing yourself really well already, then that only can lead to making decisions that suit you better. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So then how could she start the transition into a new gig? Yeah. Start that new creative. A new thing. creative field. I love it. It's only been in like the last couple of months that I've recognized that podcasting is my creative output. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a creative thing. Yeah, it is. But I, know, I just exactly. have always been told that I talk so much that it feels like not. Right, right, right. Well, I mean. Or like I should I, we it. We enjoy it too much for it to feel <laughs> sort of like that. Like those, uh, what is it called? Those creative people that struggle a lot. Like oh, yeah. I'm not like, like a tortured artist. That's yeah, for sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
Oh man, that's a whole separate conversation because I just listened to this book that had a lot of stuff about that. And I was just like, oh man, it was nonfiction. My first nonfiction of the year. Oh no. I need to listen to more books, but we'll discuss that later. Okay. (laughs) We have time because we are on the last question. We're not reviewing a deck and we only, we can't have a 25 minute episode. That's true. That's true. That's true. (laughs) Okay. So what did you get for the transition? So for transition, I got three of pentacles and two of cups, which makes complete and total genius sense. I got the two of pentacles and the devil. Oh, okay. I like that because it's kind of like, I think that this, this, the devil paired with these cards mm-hmm. feels like just letting yourself loose, yes, like allowing exactly. the lack of control to be the way you get more creative. Like let the muse take hold of you almost. Yes. <laughs> and I yeah. love the two of the two of cups and three of pentacles with that also, because it's kind of like finding somebody to work with or finding a group to work with mm-hmm. or finding people that you can bounce ideas off of. Yeah. And then just like being so connected with them and really exactly. releasing a sense of control, like having the two of pentacles paired with the devil with also this kind of like good community atmosphere is really like, don't let things be up in the air. Let yourself be a little bit more out of control and like flex those creative muscles. Exactly. And I just love the three of pentacles in combination with the two of cups because it's like your soul people, but they yeah. are also work people, you know? So yeah. it's like giving you that connection where, Inspired you know, by those around you. Exactly. You're just like, it's that's that fusion between those two is just chef's kiss. There we go. Chef's I did not say French kiss. Like last week. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot that. I forgot that. <laughs> oh that's hilarious sorry Brendan (laughs) total total chef's kiss I love that that's exciting I can't wait to see what you come up with Carla I want to see what your creative outlet is we've got a lot going on don't let the small stuff get too frustrating because this next year is going to be one of a lot of change so wild but you've got this and you can absolutely do it and transition to a creative outlet that is your cup of tea exactly All right, let's do our Patreon shout outs. And then I want to talk to you about the book that I just read. Yay. Okay, (laughs) let's do this. I'm excited. We have a couple of new Patreon supporters this month. I know. It feels so nice that people want to support us. Um, I it's a new year, so it is fantastic. Yeah, I can't believe it's February. Um, No, what? January January. felt like it was about (laughs) you went through four months like a mom starts calling all her kids. I know. And why did I go forward so much? I went to July. (laughs) And I meant January. My mom would do like you're just doing that with the months. And I loved it so much. No, I usually would get called by a dog's name before my own. name. It's always like Katie, Holly, sometimes or it would be like. What I guess the dog that I used to get called by the name of the most was Lucy. <laughs> My sister's dog. Because everyone's always yelling at Lucy. Yeah, this yeah, She yeah. deserves it. She's rotten to the core. <laughs> anyway, if you want to support us on Patreon and access all of our fun bonus content and a lot of other materials, you can if you go to patreon.com slash wildly tarot podcast. And we really appreciate our Patreon supporters and we love you so much. But yeah. our first new Patreon supporter is Grace. And Grace, your card is the world. Ooh, okay. For Jessica, three, four, five, six, seven. Your card is three, four, five, six, seven. This this podcast, you know what this podcast is? A test for me every week to see if I can count to seven. Your card <laughs> is the nine of pentacles, Jessica. Ooh. Cole, your card is the nine of pentacles. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. Some fun pentacle action. And Tilo... Your card is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. The devil. Ooh, the <laughs> devil. So our only announcement, as per usual, is to buy our book. We've yeah. been st- we've started seeing more and more reviews, which has been awesome. We got a really yes. great one last week. It means so much to us. We are probably, <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I feel like mathematically there's no way we're ever going to make another dollar from the book. No, so all I, I want so. is for more people to read it. Like this yeah. is not about making any more money. I'm just exactly. like very into people reading it. And exactly. I was looking at the Amazon reviews and my sweet dad left an incredible oh, Amazon did. review that made I, me get a little choked up. I read reviews last week, but was your dad one of the reviews that I read that I had said was helpful? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. I mean, it was Maybe. really sweet. 
Okay, I'll have to read it. Oh, that's so cute. And all of the reviews that we've gotten on Amazon have been so cool. And I just, I don't know. It's really, I'm just so happy to see people reading it because we worked super hard on it. And it's awesome. And right now it's actually on sale on Amazon. I think you can get it for like under 40 bucks. So it's a good time. Are you looking for my dad? I'm looking for the book. I'm like, oh, it's it's for $38. What? It's for $38? I might, maybe I'll buy it. I should have waited. <laughs> okay. Where's what's your dad's name on here? Tom Adams, I think. Really? I mean, that is his name. <laughs> well, I've not seen him yet on Amazon. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'll read it. Actually, <laughs> this why don't we do this more? We should read. Oh, you know what? It's $38 on Amazon, or you can buy it used for $37 on Amazon. <laughs> There's a guy named Dell W who reviewed it and says phenomenal in all caps. Thank you, Dell. That's not my dad. I. That's what I know. Yeah. I, he has a beard, and I did not think that your dad has a big, bushy beard like this. Occasionally. He has in the past. He's not been bearded for a while, though. Oh, he says the text is crisp and both, and the font and size is perfect for a codice reading session. Well, that's what we anticipated. So thank you, <laughs> Dell. Yeah. Great job, Dell. Um... <laughs> I oh, was planning on I reading. Found my dad's. Oh, oh, you found him. Okay, I'll let me read this one sentence from uh, Dell. Sorry, okay. Dell. I was planning on reading a section or so every couple of days to keep the boredom at bay, and failed miserably. <laughs> <laughs> That's a compliment. Yes, Thank that is you, such Dale. a compliment. Okay, okay, my dad says <laughs> this is like. Sorry for just expressing my daddy issues on the podcast, but I really like praise from my father. I don't think that's that weird. Uh, Okay, dad says, history of a fascinating art form, but much more. And then he says, from placing the seminal Visconti Sfarza deck into the rich context of the Milanese art scene in the 15th century to explaining how Antoine... Court de Gabelin transformed tarot from a card game into a divination tool in the 18th century to showing how the mother piece deck came out of 1970s Berkeley feminist reinterpretation of human history, which is hilarious and so shady. (laughs) (laughs) This serious study deals with both tarot and society, but it's also a hoot to read and lavishly illustrated with full color reproductions of some of the most interesting micro art since trying to. Sorry. It's okay. It's okay. It's so funny to me because this is, I just, I'll have an anecdote once I read this sentence. You're fine. You're fine. <laughs> Some of the most interesting micro arts since tiny prayer books of medieval times. Really fun <laughs> to come back to time and again. Aww. <laughs> I love <laughs> Last time I was at my parents' house, my dad handed me two tiny medieval prayer art books and was like, these seem so up your alley. And I was looking through them and I was like, prayer is just like something like I medieval right. church writings are just like something that I haven't thought about in so long. So I was looking through them going like, wow, this is horrible, but the art is so cool. <laughs> right. Right. And then right. I got halfway home and my parents live six over six hours away from me. I got halfway home and I realized I'd left both of them sitting on the kitchen counter. <laughs> like, Sorry, dad. He thought he gave me this like very thoughtful gift, Aww. which I totally appreciate. <laughs> just like, Sorry. I'll pick him up next time I'm home. Yeah, yeah. But I loved I loved the shadiness. Yeah. Because he also but when we were writing the book, he Uh um he went to some like local store because my dad is really involved with the like local Buddhist community. And so there's like a store that sells like a lot of esoteric stuff and then also like it's like a Tibetan import shop, basically. Mm So he got a copy of Mother Piece while we were writing the book. He's like, oh, I wanted to know if you'd seen this deck. And I just started mm-hmm. losing my shit laughing because I was like, yeah, that's a chapter in our book. And, mm. you know, the art just like I don't really connect with the art that much. But it's a really beloved. It's like the first feminist art. Right. Deck. Right. And we're, we had a kind of a hard time writing it. We still haven't talked about it on the motherfucking podcast even. Right. Actually, right. that's what we should have reviewed. Today. We should have reviewed that. Today. Because we've done every single other deck outside uh-huh. of the contemporary section, which would be a good right. thing. Maybe we should consider doing that next. Yeah. Other than Motherpiece, because neither of us are that into the art, but we recognize its importance. And exactly. also Dior is like obsessed with it. So it's very in pop culture. It's very prevalent. Right. Exactly. Super prevalent in pop culture. Um, but the art is weird. And as we talk about in the chapter, it is in 2020 lens. Uh-huh. Really weirdly 
culturally inappropriate. Yeah. Like, yeah. This sort of like combination of all of these different types of goddess worship, mm-hmm. sort of t- these white creators sort of telling a story about like prehistorical, but using such large tropes that it's not like historically accurate. Right. Right. Exactly. And it doesn't even have the, sorry, benefit of being beautiful art. Like, sorry. (laughs) Well, I mean, because I think that, why are we whispering? People are listening, are going to hear it anyway. Well, I think I remember when we were researching it, that one of the methods we, we, well, I remember reading about was like, when they were receiving these messages. Oh yeah. It was like mostly through a vision. It's mostly through a vision as well as like, they like intentionally drew it with the opposite hand. Yeah. So it's not going, so, you know, so like, it's not going to be that normal art that we're kind of used to. Cause it's like channeled. Exactly. Right. So. And the other interesting thing, and this is talked about in the chapter at length too, is that it was in this like second wave feminism era of this goddess movement. That was not just a religious Mm -hmm. movement, but also an academic movement. And my, like one of the reasons why I love talking about it with my dad so much is that he went to UC Santa Cruz in the early eighties. And in the early eighties at UC Santa Cruz, they were doing regular, huge seminars about goddess worship and stuff like that. And I was like, Hey, this really important one I just found during research was like right when you were a student there and he's like, Holly, that sort of thing was happening all the time. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't remember it at all. Um, but it's, it's an interesting deck historically. I think that era of, I actually, and I think we've talked about this on the podcast before. I think that that era of decoration is cool because yes. all of those indie bookstores, all the feminist bookstores, all the queer bookstores were doing all these really small print runs of really interesting mm-hmm. and cool decks. And we've talked about it before, but like, Thea's Tarot is my ultimate right. dream deck. And mm-hmm. it's from that same era. It's a feminist deck that was all woodblock printing. It's like impossible to find now. Right. Um, and so there's so many amazing, amazing decks that came from that era that are sort of like more lost to time because they had such limited small runs and they're sort of like cult classics. Exactly. Right. And this deck is the one that's made it into the mainstream and is so recognizable. And it's just interesting to see like how that happens. And so I'm so grateful that now decks, even if something isn't sold anymore, you can at Mm -hmm. least like find a lot of images about it. And usually because there's so many more indie decks now, it's not quite as like secretive as the early eighties era Mm -hmm. of like independent bookstores only and like private presses that don't exist anymore. only. Exactly. Right, right, right. Because I think we've even talked about, like, writing a book about, like, those sorts of lost decks. Because, you know, to us, I mean, it's sort of like a lost era. Like, we have a few that have survived. Yeah. You know, and, but there's a lot that haven't. And, you know, the so secret, like, influences. I mean, like, even with, like, Moon Baby Terror, it's the the Hoi Poloi. The Hoi Poloi, yeah. That's from that same era that I did, like, getting, you can get an original on eBay usually for like under $400. Yeah. Yeah. But still that's like yeah. a really expensive deck just because it's so pretty. Right. So and doing Moon Baby the re- this like did like Moon a Baby's kind of, fantastic. Re- right. Exactly. And I would love to see more of that. Like, yeah. you know, I, I understand that with publishing houses and contract stuff, but I, I think, I think that that's the reason why writing the book would be almost impossible. It would have to be a yeah. really different format than our last book, because I don't think we'd be able to get the same number of images. Yeah. I don't think so at all. Right. I because mean, think about how much Facebook stalking I did to try to find that feminist newsletter daughter so that they could sign the off on. Tarot? Yeah. No. Well, that is a totally separate thing. I totally oh. forgot about that. Daughters of the moon tarot. Yeah. The creator passed away during the pandemic right. and the art department for our publisher was like, how do we track this down? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We were having to contact, try to contact people to get them to contact us. Yeah. 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 And that, but th- that's also one of the reasons why that era feels so important to be commemorated mm-hmm. in some way, because like the early eighties don't sound that glamorous or like they could right. be like historically important necessarily. Although it was before both of us were born, Yeah, but those people who created so much stuff in the eighties are dying now. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. their children can't, don't necessarily know the impact that their art or writing had. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, f- I feel really strongly about it. Right. So whenever everything calms down, see, this is the problem is that our first book was written in such a short time frame that we didn't mm-hmm. have time for things to calm down for us to write it. Exactly. We just had exactly. to write we it. We just had to do it. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and now 
we're like, someday we'll put together another proposal. Yeah, we'll see. We just need Claire to be our boss for a little bit. She's so good at writing book proposals. Mm -hmm. Exactly. (laughs) And we boss her around all the time. So she needs to boss us around. around. He's mutually boss us, please. Yeah, exactly. We need to support each other in this way. (laughs) All right. So the book that I just listened to that I don't recommend. (laughs) Okay. Do not recommend. Okay. Which is weird. I wanted to like it more. It was Malcolm Gladwell's Talking to Strangers. Oh, I don't play with Malcolm Gladwell anymore because I know too much stuff. I know. I I have heard <laughs> great things about the audiobook because he reads it himself and he's like I, I think in ge- like I like listening to him being interviewed on other people's oh, yeah. stuff. Uh-huh. I think when left to his own devices he comes off as very pro cop and very anti victims of sexual assault especially mm-hmm. in this book because yeah. his brain is talking about statistics and uh-huh. the statistics don't account for biases and all right, of that. Right, right. So the basic idea of this book, I really liked. And there were chapters that I thought were super, super interesting. But the idea is that, like, people default to truthfulness or to assuming truthfulness. Okay. So the parts of the book that I really liked were about spies. Like, there have been, mm-hmm. there was this anecdote about... um And this happened, like, during Clinton's presidency, so I don't remember it at all, but it seems like it would have caused a lot of stuff. But, like, two, uh, like, recreational planes were shot out of uh, Cuban airspace, and then it turns out that, like, the day before, some Cuban defense person was telling some American diplomat, like, what would you even do if we shot your planes out of the sky, blah, 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 blah. And then it turns out that this like Cuban expert in the CIA or FBI, I don't remember which one, because this is the problem with audiobooks, is that I remember the broad strokes, but not always the specific details, was a double agent. And she was so good at her job because everybody just thought she was kind of like not that good at her job. And so no mm-hmm. one thought she was like, they thought she was defaulting to truthfulness and that like she was just maybe not that great of an analyst. Um, but there's no way that she was like smart or capable enough to be a fucking spy. And so that he refers to that as defaulting to truthfulness. And then the other part, the other chapters that I really liked were chapters where it's like all of these different social science studies that Mm -hmm. basically prove that humans are really bad at telling if somebody is lying. Like we're just terrible at it. And a lot of our assumptions are based on the physical mannerisms of the people Mm -hmm. who we're interacting with. So if your physical mannerisms match what you're telling us. So if you appear to be truthful, whatever the fuck that means and are telling the truth, then we're right. But if you appear truthful and you're telling a lie, like 56% of the times humans will get that wrong, which is like okay. basically a crapshoot. That's as good as yeah. that's Okay. Okay. And there's also this anecdote about uh, a prime minister, a pre world war two prime minister going to meet Hitler. And then afterwards being like, well, Hitler told me they weren't going to invade the Rhine. Well, Hitler told like just assuming truthfulness from Hitler oh, because he'd right. met with them in person. And he was the only leader at the time who had, so it's all of these examples of when times when people assumed that other people were being truthful and how basically that's like the default human condition. Most of us assume that people are being truthful. And then when we, when somebody acts outside of our expectations, our brain without us even being aware of it starts making excuses for them so that it aligns mm. with our assumptions of truthfulness. Okay. Like, oh, well, maybe we don't have the whole story. Oh, well, maybe we blah, 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 blah. So that is where it started losing me because then she, he talks about how Sandra Bland, who was killed mm-hmm. by the trooper in Texas. No, right. she was found dead in a jail cell after being arrested by a trooper in Texas for basically like smoking a cigarette while being pulled over for a minor traffic violation. Mm-hmm. And he like got really up in arms and super pissed off and arrested her. And then she was dead three days later, um, which is like such a horrible story. But he gives so much credence to, like, it being a series of miscommunications. Mm -hmm. And it made me enraged. And the other time he does that to the point where I was like, I'm going to stop listening to this now, is about fucking Brock Turner. Where he talks about how college sexual assault cases are often just situations of escalating misunderstandings. And I'm like, no, bro. Why are you apologizing? Why are you using him as an example, first of all? Like there are other people you can use that are much better. And then at the end, he's like, and obviously this is all like, he explains it as a series of misunderstandings after months of working with attorneys on it. And I'm like, yeah, why don't you start with that? So I just feel like in general, he ignored prejudice, Uh racism, white supremacy, misogyny, like all of those big issues he ignored to fit this weird 
framework Narrative, of people yeah. assuming that other people are being forthcoming. And I was like, the general idea is interesting. The spy story, super cool. Talking, there was also a section where you talked about torture methods where I was like, you're giving way too much voice to these U.S. Like right. torturers, whatever, but it was still interesting content. Mm-hmm. But nevertheless, I was like, you're not taking into consideration how much racism and sexism exists in the world. So yeah. I don't recommend it, but I do think that it's an interesting concept of how bad we are at actually mm-hmm. telling if somebody is telling the truth or not. Yeah. Yeah. And he told this other really interesting, he talked about this other really interesting study um, where in New York they created some algorithm to determine if people should be let out on bail or not. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that the algorithm was infinitely better at assessing whether or not somebody would be at risk to themselves or the community than uh-huh. judges were. Yeah. Like judges are consistently going based off of if somebody looks mm-hmm. remorseful. Right. right. And this algorithm cut through all of that bullshit and was like way better at determining if people were actually going to be oh. dangerous to themselves or others. Mm-hmm. And I, it, so in that way I was like, okay, so then take this one step further and talk about racism and white right. supremacy in the justice system. Exactly. If this algorithm is fixing the problem because it's not looking at people in the face, can we then go on to de- like infer from that? Right. That right. there's some racism or whatever, like structure issues, structural issues getting in the way of this being fair. Yeah. 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 Anyway. So I don't recommend it, but it was really interesting. I listened to it in like an hour, like probably four hours. Cause I put it on one and a half speed. Oh, okay. Okay. I don't know. It's hard when you listen to nonfiction that you like get something out of, but also cannot recommend. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. But I, one of my goals for this quarter, uh, because I got this planner from um, uh, Tracy Shutterbean. She does the handwriting club. She's also like a food blogger or whatever, but she also does this handwriting club thing. And she does these planners that for me are really good because they're quarterly rather than Mm -hmm. week by week. That's so, nice. you, like, you can set your year uh, goals, your intentions for the year, which all mine are super vague. But then for each quarter, you do, like, a winter bucket list, a spring oh. bucket list, or whatever. And my one of my winter bucket list items was to read five nonfiction books. Oh, okay. okay. As you know, I do not read very much nonfiction. I'm a solidly fiction Solid person. fiction person. <laughs> so, that was I the first that. one, and I regret it. Oh, well... <laughs> But at least it's done and you can cross it off your list. That's the most important thing at the moment. Do you want to hear my other winter bucket list items? Yes, yes. Please tell me. Make Valentine's cards because I didn't send out holiday cards and I thought it would be cute to start a new tradition of sending people Valentine's. Oh, this year? This year. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, winter next year. I was like, (laughs) winter meaning January to March. Okay, okay. I was like, December. Okay, I guess you're really planning ahead of time. (laughs) Yeah, and she totally does it by. She doesn't make it explicit, but I know that she's like kind of a tarot reader. She doesn't Uh do it. She does it by um, astrological season. So winter starts on December 21st and ends on March 19th. Okay, so it goes through the beginning of Uh the season. Okay. Uh, see snow, which I did. I want to bake a cake. I want to read five nonfiction books. I want to have breakfast in bed more. I want to plan my garden. I want to make vin d'orange, which I have in my fridge steeping right now. I want to learn a new card game and I want to make ravioli. (laughs) Oh, very nice. I like that. That's so cute. It's just very low key, very low stress goals, achievable, low stress goals. Exactly. And that's what that's what we got to set for ourselves. And since it's only quarterly, I can't fuck it up by like not doing it for months. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. Anyway, anyone who's still listening to this motherfucking podcast is a saint. Yeah. Yeah. You have held on for so long. (laughs) You have held on for what reasons we have no idea. But thank you. Just like hearing us rant about stuff. (laughs) Anyway, if anyone has any other suggestions for nonfiction, I'll take them. Mm-hmm. The other uh, audio, I really like listening to audiobooks. The other audiobook nonfiction, which I think I talked about in our best of episode, was that Oprah book, What Happened oh, to You? Oh, yes. Uh-huh. I really liked that. So I'm, I've never considered myself somebody who wants to read a lot of self help, but I guess I like psychological yeah. self help, like data driven. Like I don't want to read any like fucking bullshit girl wash your face baloney. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But if it's like an interesting researcher, pass that uh-huh. rec along to me. I'm yeah. interested. Yeah. But no Malcolm Gladwell, I'm out. (laughs) I just know too much. And I was like, just walk away. It's Esther. It's fine. Just walk away. (laughs) Well, now you have to tell me. 
Well, just, I just, I, I think I heard a lot of those things way before he published the book. Yeah. Like for a long time, like, cause I kind of listened to his podcast. Yeah. I loved that out. podcast. It was, it was really interesting, like cute little stories. It wasn't long. You and know, it's like, it was kind it. of like a you're wrong about, but a little bit more like with experts rather than individual, right, rather exactly. than the research of the hosts, which was exactly, cool. which it was, was cool. a good format. Yeah. But then, of course, I was hearing that there was a like a lot more like misogyny is from uh. what I remember, and and it was towards other people and not necessarily like just writing. So I was just yeah, like, yeah, oh, I didn't. Okay, we're gonna back that. away slowly. Yeah. So well, he got my Audible credit. Well, <laughs> can you return? Say you can return Audible. I feel bad doing that. Why? It's a computer. I guess. Yeah, that's true. Who am I screwing over? You're not, you're not screwing over anybody. Amazon, yeah, exactly. Please. You're not. And there's no like, it's not like you're returning like a physical book. So a employee has to go put on the shelf. It's an electronic thing. Yeah. Free yourself from the machine, Holly. <laughs> it's nothing. Yeah, you're not it's wrong. Fine. <laughs> all right. Well, that's our show. Unless you yes. have anything else you want, you would like to rant about Esther. I took all the ranting time up myself. I, I think I'm okay. I have no books to rant about at the moment. <laughs> Okay, cool. I love you. That's our show. <laughs> <I love> you. <laughs> Don't forget to send us your questions. You can find all of our contact information at wildlytarot.com, including a form with which to submit questions. And also tell your friends about us, rate and review us. And as you can, as you heard on the podcast today, we do read reviews periodically. Yeah. New ones. Spotify lets you review stuff now. And we are so thrilled to be on Spotify. So... Uh, well not really anymore. I don't know if we can but, say that this week <laughs> well this next week maybe hey we don't have the resources of Joni Mitchell to just be like no for moral reasons we're off Spotify we don't have yeah, those resources we don't. we're just two losers who have a podcast about tarot <laughs> we do we do and we yeah we just can't take ourselves off but we for me it's more of appreciating your effort that goes into giving us reviews because right, I know that's exactly. like two minutes out of your day that you could be spending you know Doing eating cheesecake else, watching making bread TikToks. Exactly. So thank you for your effort in getting really us do appreciate algorithm it. bumps. Yeah. We appreciate the algorithms uh unyielding desire for reviews. <laughs> yes. Uh you can also follow us on Instagram at Wildly Tarot Podcast or join our Facebook community by searching for Wildly Tarot Podcast on Facebook. You can also join our Discord server. We've been having a small influx of new people. So thank you for joining us there. And we also have merch on Redbubble. And there will be more merch coming when I remember to get my files and upload them to our (laughs) Redbubble shop. Yeah. So, And all the links and everything we've kind of talked about today are in the show notes. So swipe or go to our website to see that. Awesome. And remember, go forth and tarot wildly this week. We love you so much. I'll call you, okay? I just knocked some stuff over. We're doing great. (laughs) We're doing great. We're doing our best today. (laughs) Bye, you. Love you.